0: Welcome to City Square Podcast, where we talk to everyday people about faith and work. Uh, my name is Micah. This is a special episode where John and I get together and answer your questions. So, this next series of questions um, is related to leaving a church. It was inspired by my comments and experience uh, when I was thinking about leaving my previous church. So, someone uh, dropped some pretty detailed questions. Maybe as like a checklist for when you're leaving the church. It was inspired by my um, how I articulated the fact that I felt and I felt and thought and believed that I couldn't really gladly and willingly and wholeheartedly submit myself to the um, the pastors and the elders um, anymore. Like they were leading in a direction that I felt like I couldn't. Um, in good conscience follow. So that was the, um, that was what I think what inspired this list. So I thought we could go through this in a general fashion. Um, cause you know, we're not, I'm not about like controversy, especially not in the early episodes. Right. Um, and I'm not trying to recruit, like, my, my job, my goal in this podcast isn't to, like, recruit people to one denomination or another or to get them to leave their church or stuff like that. So, all that being said, this was a list that someone gave. So, I thought we could go through it. I could kind of speak to them, maybe. Um, if I thought it was a good question, John can weigh in. Um, we can kind of think through this list. Which is directly related, kind of, to submission to elders. So, and elders, I would say in this instance, pastor elder is interchangeable. There are some denominations that would use those terms in different manners, but for the purpose of this one, we can kind of assume I think that elder and means pastor, and vice versa. That works. <clears throat> so I think these questions, this type of question comes from a good place. I think it's if you're thinking about leaving a church, it's wise, not, I think, not to do that quickly, um, unless there are certain circumstances that are there. I think the goal is to reject kind of the consumer mentality, at least where I live um, in the Bible Belt, essentially, in Texas. There are, There's a mega church in every corner. And then there are innumerable smaller ones scattered in between. So people in this, in my area, have like unlimited choices, right? You don't like the coffee at one place, you can go to the next one. And sometimes, I, I personally don't know anyone who functions like this, but I know that it's, I, I've other people have said it's all over the place. Um, uh, you know, there are people who just kind of church hop and they just kind of check out a new one every every Sunday or they go for a little while until they hear something they don't like and then they immediately switch and try out other ones. So I think the the goal, if you're going to leave a church, especially in an area that has a number of churches that are very similar to your beliefs, you don't want to take it lightly, right? <clears throat> Would you say that's fair, John?
1: No, yeah, absolutely, man. There's this weird form of, I guess, like consumerism. Consumerism to st- consumeristic mindset that christians have in the u.s that is just purely awful man um because i know of so many i know of just so many stories about christians in different countries that are willing to walk an hour to be able to go and worship with the saints on a on a sunday or something yeah. and they're not throwing tantrums about pianos guitars and drums or about how like the pastor didn't fill me up on Sunday and all this other kind of weird stuff that people talk about here, and yeah. so like, yeah, I and mean, I'm, I'm we're in complete one hundred and ten percent agreement on that.
0: Yeah, so I did see a comment online that said, "Oh, interestingly, both you guys church hopped." I'm like, "Well, that's really that like it might appear that way from our episodes." Um, but that's really not not the case. So, no, that's you know, not the case at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, a short snapshot of someone's life in yeah. an hour, it's like, oh, you were in a bunch of different churches and then you finally found one you liked. It's like, well, right. it took like 15 so, like, years.
1: I probably, ex- exactly, because like I probably didn't communicate well enough that what I was sharing with people was 15 plus years of experience, right? Yeah. And so, like, I didn't leave a church. Because somebody didn't say my name on Sunday, the first time, like that didn't happen. I mean, like that's just not. I mean, that's just not the case.
0: Yeah, and And so
1: I've always taken, for as long as I can remember, I've taken very seriously, for as long as I can remember, like not leaving a local body for some kind of reason.
0: Yeah, and leaving like the Baptist tradition, which I was in. Um, I was I was a Baptist for. 30 years at least, right? Since, since my birth, um, that was not something that I took lightly, um, and that wasn't a quick or easy decision. So yeah, I think we're on the same page there. So this list is really geared towards submission to elders and it's, uh, interesting. I'll say that. So I'm, I just copied and pasted, uh, the, the questions, I don't believe I altered anything. Um, So, John, you can fact check me on that. Here's the first one. (laughs) So, these are not our questions, but were given to us. It says the first one says, the decision point to no longer submit to a group of elders has so many implications. Um, In that moment, are you asserting that these men are not Christians? So, I would say. I think that's a I mean that might be a question some people need to ask. Um I I've never encountered a church where I thought a pastor was not a Christian. Um that that kind of church may exist somewhere. I would say there are s- lots of progressive denominations that you might need to ask that question of um but so so if your pastors are not literally not believers. Like they can't confess that Jesus is Lord. They don't believe in the virgin birth. They don't believe in the deity of Christ. Um, or
1: like if they're teaching that Jesus had to repent of his racism. Yeah. That's becoming really trendy right now, man.
0: That, I mean, that, that's a, that's a heresy, right? Like that's straight up. That's that, that is literal heresy. So if they are teaching things that are heresy, um, then they may not be a believer. You know, I believe that, God can can save, but, you know, like we Orthodox Christians hold to Trinitarianism. We hold to the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, um, you know, and there are some minor disagreements, minor areas of deviation in some of those. But but you have to be pretty careful there, right? So the, the bounds, of, like we were talking about earlier, the bounds of orthodoxy are pretty well set. Um, So, if your pastors are outside of that, then they are not believers. And it would be wise of you not to submit yourself to people who are unbelievers in that sense. In the fact that they're supposed to be watching out for your soul. You know, they're supposed to be shepherding you and um, keeping watch. So,
1: And like humbly pray for those men.
0: And, you know, the, the possibility exists that they have maybe just misspoken. Maybe they said something incorrect. So if they say, Oh, Jesus wasn't God, you know, it's like, well, let's talk to them about that. Maybe they were speaking off the cuff and they made it an error and didn't catch it. Right. Um, <clears throat> there's all sorts of things like that. So, but if you follow all that, that procedure and go down the rabbit hole a little bit and they say, Oh yeah, I'm not a Christian. then I would say you're comfortable. I would come comfortable with that person peacing out <laughs> from that church. So, um, so yeah, Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, that's a good starting point for determining, um, you know, if your pastors are believers or not. This doesn't – it doesn't uh, seem to me to be that common probably in conservative circles,
2: would you say? Um, for the sake of conversation, I would say probably not, man.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I would say yeah. I don't. I don't think so, man. I, I mean, it just depends, man. It's there's so many weirdos in our culture, and so <laughs> it's true. Like when you see pastors who would be. I hate using like conservative when we talk about theology because it's so much linked to politics. But when you see like pastors that are would be considered like theologically conservatives, like affirming Paula White in her ministry. Like, that, just, things get so weird. Yeah. I mean, like, Paul White's a straight-up heretic, man. There's no question about it. And yeah. so, like, when you see those evangelical leaders affirming her ministry and uh, telling you to go buy her books, I mean, things get kind of strange and weird. Or, like, yeah. when you see evangelical pastors writing MAGA hymns and them singing those hymns during Sunday service, that's just really cringy. And that, that just doesn't not- make sense.
0: Be direct heresy, but I don't think that I don't think that would be recommended.
1: That's no, definitely not recommended, man. And it, yeah, I might call it heresy. But that's, well,
0: that's does, me- it, does it does that uh, contradict the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed?
1: When you're there to worship God and you're singing a song, <laughs>
0: that's that not is- new though. That sort of thing that might be a very blatant example of it. Um, but that type of mixing patriotism and Christianity is not a new thing.
1: No, so. it's not. But I would actually even do like, do we,
0: <laughs> how <laughs> far down, down never, do you want to go?
1: Uh, th- yeah. I mean, like that should never be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That's why there's actually, oh. you know, uh, a lot of people would say no flags in the sanctuary. And I agree. Yeah, I'm that person. We, we don't worship the state, um, a lot of Lutherans, because, because a lot of Lutherans are Germ- German, um, a lot of Lutherans brought the American flag into the sanctuary during World War II, World War I and World War II, because there was so much anti-German sentiment. And so they wanted to prove that they were not, they're patriotic Americans and they weren't Nazi spies. Um, but that is, I think, ultimately unhelpful in the long scheme of things. Um and you know, we need to make clear that we worship God and not not our country, right? Yes. Our country's great, but our country isn't God. It's a pretty pathetic I'm a God.
1: Very happy to live here, man. I am too. I wish we had less taxes, but anyways.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's another one. That's another, that's another episode.
1: Thou shall not steal. Um, okay,
0: so that was a long answer to a short question, <laughs> but it says, you know, the question was, are you asserting that these men, the, the elders aren't Christians if you say you can't submit to them anymore? I would say no, that's generally not the case. Um, second question would be, do you believe the elders are leading the pride astray?
1: That's about as natural of a jumping point as you can get, man from the first Natural. question.
0: Yeah. I think this is a very interesting question. Um, it might be difficult to lay, to nail down exactly what you mean by leading them, leading their bride astray. So um, it depends on what leading astray means, right? Teaching something that's incorrect. Um, uh, teaching something that is maybe not heretical, but you would disagree with. Um this is a it can be kind of a mushy question, I think, depending on what you mean or what you believe. Um you, you follow what I'm putting down, John?
2: Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Um If it doesn't make sense, let me know. Um just trying to like figure out how to break that down. Because there are reasons to leave a church. There's a there's a
1: I think there's there's not a thin line on this topic. It's a very thick line. And so there are good reasons to leave a church or deciding to not submit to the elders anymore in addition to
2: their preaching about the basic simplest of orthodoxy. And so, but like, you can believe and feel and believe and be convicted
1: that the elders are potentially leading the bride astray while at the same time not breaking away from the basic simplest of, of orthodoxy.
0: Yeah. That's a bit subjective though, right?
1: It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is um, subjective. Um, yeah. That's,
0: that's what I mean by this is a difficult, it's difficult to nail down.
1: And so like doctoral, re- the main doctoral reasons uh, could be a, a good reason, right? Like some of these issues that we'd probably call secondary, are just because they're secondary like, like like we said earlier man just because the theology is secondary does not mean that it's not important right um and so that's a good reason to say I'm leaving the church but that has to be fa- executed a proper way as well which I think we're going to get to later
0: yeah yeah we're, there's a there's a question that's directly about secondary things which I think we can get into So, yeah, I think there's a lot of specific context that will need to go into this type of question. Um, It might be a useful question for you, you know, um, as if you're thinking through, can I stay at this church, you know, for five years, one year, five years, 10 years? Um, That might be a might be a useful question. Uh, I'm fine giving
1: like a, I guess, a personal example, man. Like, I think I can do that so, I mean, my, uh, my wife and I went to a church in a place for a few months and we thought like the first, uh, when we first vi- like went on a Sunday that we were going to stay there for a long time. And, um, we thought there was great ways for us to like to plug in and serve and there'd be ways for us to like, um, basically be missionaries in that city surrounding, like as a part of that church and, and those kind of things. And like the longer we were there, the more we realized that that's just that stuff wasn't happening, and there was not gonna be any traction on that stuff happening um that we we figured out that 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 church existed to fulfill like r- ritualistic routines, more so than it was to be e to be equipping the saints to go and do the work of ministry and when I say ritualistic routines, I mean just basically. Going to the building on Sunday because that's what I've done my entire life. Then go back home, do nothing, and then go back on Sunday to to feel good, to feel nostalgic, and to fulfill like the tradition, that kind of thing. Uh, but nothing ever came out of those things, right? Hmm. Like people weren't loving their neighbors, people weren't, weren't reaching their neighbors. Discipleship, uh, discipleship was not happening. People were not growing and maturing in their faith. Um like none of those things were actually like happening or or going down, and even like with us being young, naive, and energetic about those things, we weren't nothing was gonna nothing was gonna change and yeah, to do anything in that church, you had to just march through the ninety seven different committees and get two thousand different votes before something was going to happen a year or two later and so we met with the pastor and said like hey man like we're we're gonna we're, we're gonna take off we're gonna go visit some other places and we explained why uh gracefully and politely and like he was he was good with it and so I mean like those were reasons that I be- would argue that were good reasons to to step away from a, a local body and we tried to do so the best way that we could understand how at that time
0: yeah, because you would say – I'm guessing you would say that the people there, the pastors who were good people, um, loved the Lord, desired to lead the flock correctly. But in a way, we're leading them astray or not leading them in the right direction. So, But that's – like I said, that's kind of a subjective measurement, right? Yeah. yeah. So yes, your mileage may vary. Um, it might be a useful question for you um, in your – uh, specific circumstance. Um third, I believe it's the third question. Do you believe the elders have abandoned their primary goal of the stewardship of the flock's souls? Um do you, so that's the this is kind of a two-part question, so we'll tackle that one. Do you believe the elders have abandoned their primary goal of the stewardship of the flock's souls? Um I don't think so. Like in my instance, I don't think so. Um, uh, I don't imagine that. I mean, I don't know. This is another one that's very probably subjective or depends on your circumstance. Um, There are some pastors that I can see um, that maybe are more about the money than they are about, um, you know, discipling and shepherding people and caring for people there are probably other areas of vice and you know we've we've seen tons of uh examples of high profile pastors kind of falling from grace so to speak or being caught in some sort of scandal or leaving the ministry over some reason um there's been a lot of those i feel like in the past year or two centered around a large brand that's headquartered in a certain place that's not the united states Without naming any uh, uh, direct names, <laughs> Hillsong. Um, so, you know, there's there's that one as kind of a big example of pastors that were seemingly enriching themselves or, you know, living lifestyles that were not compatible with the gospel for various reasons, right? Um, varying, And there's tons of other examples, right, of high profile ones. Um, so maybe, like maybe your pastor has, maybe they haven't. Maybe they are very concerned about the care of souls, but they're, you know, um, leading in a wrong direction. Maybe they think they're right. You know, most people think they're right. Regardless of the issue, most people believe that they're correct on the issue. So, um, the question is a two-part one. Do you have any thoughts on the first part before we move on to the second one, John?
1: Um, I would like to probably move on to the second part but first
0: okay so first part of course do you believe they have abandoned their primary goal of the stewardship of the flock souls if so they deserve no charity if not if they have not abandoned that why do you still want to leave
1: So, like if they've abandoned their primary goal of basically primary goal the steward of the stewardship of the flock souls do they deserve charity probably not man like it depends on what that word even means, but like that's the whole point, yeah. man. Like there's nothing more yeah. important, really, as a pastor or an elder than caring for the flock. And if you've abandoned the care for their their souls, then I don't see how like you anybody can move forward with that. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, maybe there's a, maybe there's a way that depending like, once again, man, like this is all like, what's the situation? And like, you have to break down like exactly what we mean here. So there might be like, maybe this, maybe it's a situation, which just does happen where the pastor has been working like a hundred hours a week of a small church. They're exhausted. They're worn out. They don't know how to keep going, but they're just trying to keep going. And maybe that's a situation where, like, they're have they exhausted and they don't know what to do. And maybe that's the point where, like, you need to figure out a way for, like, some pastoral care. Maybe. That's the only example I can think of where, like, yeah, maybe we
2: do have some charity. But, like, if you're just,
1: if you don't really care about your congregation, which is ultimately what this question is about. Well, what if they just don't care about the congregation anymore? Do they have some charity? Like, not really, man. Like, not
0: really. I feel like the I, I might I probably wouldn't word it that way if personally. Um,
1: Maybe I'm misunderstanding it, man.
0: Yeah, I mean these are not our questions, so the right. your author could have a different idea. Um, if so, they deserve no charity. Um, if not, why do you still want to leave? I don't think the I would articulate it as they they are not deserving of charity because you know we are commanded to love our fellow believers. Um. So I'm not sure if I word it that way. There might be a different intention there, um, but the last part is: if not, why do you still want to leave? That would, I mean, I think that is the the why is answered with a lot of the other questions potentially, yeah. and maybe even questions that are not that are not on this list. You know, because um, you could want to leave for various reasons, right? Some godly, yeah. some not. You know, it could be could be anything. Okay, uh, let's see, either four or five. Um, If all issues are secondary, or if all the issues are, and maybe this is, um, if theoretically, this isn't about the Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed, right? If all the issues, so I think that's the assumption built into the question, if all the issues are secondary, is there not a sanctifying value in continued submission, even if you would prefer some things were different? I'll read it again because it's a long one. If all the issues are secondary, is there not sanctifying value in continued submission, even if you would prefer some things are different?
2: I've got some thoughts, but See, do you d- the, the, the The P word bothers me, man.
0: <laughs> P word? Prefer? Uh, yeah, prefer. Mm.
2: Because it's not about preference, it's about conviction, man. Like, preference is, like, I
1: wish the pastor would preach for 45 minutes instead of 30 minutes. Or, you know, I don't really mind that we use the guitar during worship, but I really don't care about those drums. That doesn't seem very reverent. Like, those things are all preference, preference and kind of, like, shallow and superficial. Uh, but what I, what, I, what I believe the scripture teaches about baptism, that's not preference. Like, that's conviction. And that's something that right. should be taken very seriously, because baptism is a very serious thing. It's a it's a very serious practice, man. And it means something very sacred. And so that's not about my preference, man. That's about what I see in scripture. And this is about what the Holy Spirit is doing like within me. And so like that's something that's that's a very serious thing, man. And so it's yeah. not my preference. It's a conviction. And those should not be those aren't synonyms
0: that's a fascinating example you brought up. Um, because, um, it wasn't directly baptism, but it was the Lord's supper. That was actually one of the major causes, causes, not of division necessarily at the reformation, but it was, it was a, a reason why Luther and Zwingli, um, could not unite and why, um, Luther and Calvin could not unite. Um, I, I think it's – you can go back and look at their writings um, as to, to speak to your example about baptism. Calvin speaks about baptism in a manner far different from the modern Baptist or the even the modern Reformed Baptist. Um, even Zwingli, um, with baptism in the Lord's Supper, I would say held to a, a much different um, position. Um, then, say the Anabaptists at the time, which were known as the radical reformers. So, but there was still like, there's a reason that Luther's, Wingley, Calvin were not a united front, right? Politically and religiously, it would have made a lot of sense to have the, the reformers all united um, against the Roman Catholic Church. They would have had a lot more political power a lot more physical land a lot more ability to stand up to to Rome and the um the like the papacy but also the holy roman emperor um so anyways that was one of the original the original um the sacraments right that's one of the original or the ordinances as baptists would call them most of the time one of the original areas of division um in the reformation so I think um, the, you know it asks if all the issues are secondary, um, or you know even if you prefer some things are different. So the words secondary and prefer I think can kind of be paired together. I would say, you know, how do you define what is secondary? How do you define what is primary, secondary, and tertiary? Um, primary is obviously Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, right? We can agree on that. Secondary, like you said, there's preference. There's convictions, you know, um, so it's, it's another, you know, it's not a clear cut thing, I think. Um, So if all the issues are secondary, is there not a sanctifying value in continued submission? Even if you would prefer some things are different. Um, Every, every denomination is going to disagree on secondary and tertiary on the definitions of those, as well as what falls under those, and then the people in those denominations are going to disagree um, even further. So,
1: yeah, man, just look at the SBC,
0: right? Oh, well, they're not a denomination. It's a
1: dumpster no. fire. Oh, dude! Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're a conviction of churches.
0: That's what they claim. Yeah, if, I know, dude. I was there. If the SBC takes action against churches that are out of step with their Baptist faith and message. Then that means they're, as an organization, they're liable for a lot of stuff. But if the churches are truly, this is going off on a rabbit trail, I'm sorry. If the churches are truly autonomous, then the SPC has no direct control, right? There's a lot of. They, they don't, of man. Stuff. They
1: can just remove them from uh, affiliation or association or whatever the word is they use. They, That's yeah, it. they cannot see can their do. members
0: at the voting, voting yeah. Uh, meetings. Yeah. So I did want to focus a bit on the the sanctifying value in continued submission. Um, I'd be interested to figure out where this actually comes from. Um, Because if... I don't think this is a good enough reason to remain somewhere that's teaching contrary to scripture, right? Um, Like I said, a lot of these are subjective categories we've been kind of walking through. That depend depends on circumstance. I don't know of a scriptural category for walking in submission to someone who is leading you astray, right?
1: There is not Assuming a good reason. Assuming that they
0: are leading you astray, right?
1: If some if a if a church is leading you astray, right? If the leadership is leading you astray, we're saying there's not a good reason to stay a part of that
2: local body, correct? Is that exactly, what you're
0: asking? Right. Well, the the question is asking you know if you if you stay, you disagree on a lot of things, but you stay. Will you? um, There's value in there's sanctifying value in continued submission.
1: I mean, there there can't. It depends on what a lot of things are, man. Because I mean, like I used to be a part of a multi-site church, and I was never a fan of the multi-site model. But that was a secondary issue that I was cool with putting aside and staying. And my time
2: at that church was. Fantastic, man. And so like I was cool with being like setting that aside. That's yeah. definitely a secondary issue. Um Some people would say that's a
0: that would not be a secondary issue too. You know, there's well I they, mean, that, for you that was a secondary issue, right? For a lot of people well, that is a secondary issue.
1: It it's by definition a secondary issue how important you prioritize that issue is up to you, but it's literally a right. secondary issue. That's
0: a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, for me, I don't, I think if the church is teaching things or modeling things that are not how you would raise your family. Um,
1: okay. I'm sorry, man. Can I cut you off for a second?
2: Okay. So yeah. i got a secondary issue. Okay. um, It is sinful for a Christian to uh, smoke tobacco. Can you stay a part of that church?
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would say no, that's not, that's not going to be my only issue, but if they're teaching that, I'm guessing they're teaching a lot of other stuff that's not biblical as well.
1: I would be more than happy to hash it out with their pastor over a cigar.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's a great example. Like the, the tradition I grew up in, you know, had things they labeled sinful that the Bible did not label sinful. Um, or, you know, and I was, I was taught at different times. You take one drink of alcohol, you're going to beat your wife and end up on skid row. Like not, I'm not, that's not That's not hyperbole. Um, I literally heard that before. So, but is that true? Well no should you remain in a church where that is one of the things, right? Cuz I think in all of this it's it's assumed that there're not just one secondary issue that you disagree with, right? Um it, if there's more, well that the question is how many how many secondary issues can you tolerate? Right? So how many can your conscience um let me, tolerate?
1: Let me ask you a, a more serious one.
0: Mhm.
1: Um, the church has a a
2: female pastor on stuff. Gone.
1: That's a secondary issue though, correct?
0: I mean, by definition, right? If we're saying that things, the the apostles creed and Nicene creed teach, that would be by definition a secondary issue,
1: but, but like they nail it on baptism, the Lord's supper, uh, everything else is like 100% like spot on, but they have a female pastor on stuff. It's
0: like I guess I am a single issue voter in in that case. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good example. That would be something that would be in that secondary realm. But I think, um, you know, people, some people, of course, land on different spots on that. But that's a that's an example of a very important secondary issue. Then, if by primary we mean only the cardinal doctrines of the faith. And that would be secondary. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, uh, to kind of tie a bow on this particular question, I don't believe personally that you're going to miss out on sanctification by leaving an environment that um you are unable, unable to, in good conscience, continue attending. Right? Does that make sense? I don't think that... Like we have a grin and bear it mentality in every every area of our life, um, not required to go to some place that is teaching something incorrect in in our opinion. Right? This could be thrown back in our faces as being very subjective and based on our own opinions. But um, I think this this list presupposes that you're very carefully studying Scripture and praying and h- having conversations with the pastors and that sort of thing. Um, yeah,
1: man. So let me kind of expand on that some because most this most is subjective and it's very general but most people do not thoughtfully and prayerfully uh leave a local ch- leave a local church and i would argue to say that a lot of times they don't do so in good practice and so like when when we um when we uh, left our church in DFW to go to West Texas to Planet Church, uh, we did so through a lot of prayer and within seeking counsel by, from the pastors of our church and our spiritual leaders. And we even reached our, our small group and um, a lot of other things, right? And so we met with our pastors and uh, the people that we viewed as like disciplers and mentors for us at that time um and we that's what we that's what we did and we got the green light from everybody and so i mean so, so many times man people leave a church without even sending an email or they um leave a church because well you don't have enough programs or you don't have enough of this or you don't have enough of that instead of meeting and talking with their their pastors and praying with them and seeking counsel there and uh trusting that their pastors are going to help uh, give them lead them in direction on those things and so i mean like there's right ways and wrong ways uh to to, to go about to go about doing this man and um so many times man yeah. we, like when we treat like our being a member of a church like our membership like at a costco or our subscription to to netflix and we just like click the red button and we're done and we move on to like to something else and I think when we do that, man, we, we completely that communicates that we don't really understand like what the church is, what its purpose is, and what role it is supposed to have uh in mm-hmm. in our in our life. And so like leaving the church should be like a really slow and um sad uh time in your life. Even if you're doing it for the good reasons, man. Like if you get like a a job like on another state or another city, and you and your family are packing up to leave. It should be a sad thing that you're leaving that local body and you're going to a new place. You could be excited about where you're going, but you should be sad about like what you're leaving uh, behind. Yeah, and even then, man, like, if you're leaving going to a, a, like a new job opportunity a different place, you should probably I would argue that, consult with your, your church and pray about whether or not that good opportunity is something you should be actually be seeking, or if that's the time where you make a sacrifice for the good of the local body where you're at now. Like I can honestly, man, I could probably talk about this for a really long time.
0: Yeah. I had one, I had a thought on, um, the secondary issue, uh, another example. So, um, uh, cessationist versus continuationist versus charismatic. Right. And there are 30,000 different ways to, to define all of those now right when i grew I, up it they meant certain things right
1: i would be cool with staying in a disagreement on that if those people have a sense of humor
0: <laughs> well I, so I like to fun. give i like to give an example <laughs> it's not about a sense of humor but it is about kind of like your your women pastor um question cuz arguably this is a secondary issue right arguably yeah. So um, one of the things that I've heard is when – this will single out prophecy as a category of spiritual gift. One of the things I've heard um, from some podcasts and popular online personalities, and I've also heard it from people in the flesh, right, is that prophecy is a spiritual gift that is able to be practiced like preaching, And they would say, oh, no one's going to be a perfect preacher, even if they have the spiritual gift of teaching, right? No one's going to be perfect. They have to practice being a pastor. Um, I don't see the same leeway given to prophecy in scripture that would theoretically be given to um, someone developing a teaching gift, you would say, right? Um, One of the qualifications of an elder is able to teach, right? um or apt or eager to teach um so yeah. for prophecy though it is that gift given the same leeway in the scripture that we might say we might theorize that preaching is given what do you think
2: do I would actually really like to
1: to come back to this on another recording which I think would be a blast
0: um, yeah, I will. I am going to finish my thought if you don't want to chime in, though. There is
1: so many, I think, points we have to make beforehand. But for the sake of the question. Our, we're understanding the gift of prophecy is not the same as like the office of like the prophets from like the Old Testament, right?
0: Well, I would say that there's not really a distinction given in the New Testament versus the Old
1: That's Testament. A, mm, they, I think there's a distinction, man. Okay. Um,
0: well, I've heard should, I've heard prophecy uh, described as an office of preaching, right, and proclaiming the good news. That's one way I've heard it described. I will say the way I have the way that I am speaking about it is the way that I've heard some charismatics and some continuations continuationists speak about it, which is a word from the Lord. I was reading my Bible and I heard God say, "Someone has a back problem," or I was praying and. Um, the Lord wants me to go to this person and tell them this. That's the context that I'm using prophecy in. Um,
1: See, I don't think I'm on board with that. I don't think I'm on board with
0: that. That, Well, that's the definition that I'm using that has been used, I think, in a lot of mainstream continuationists, right? Whether you agree with that or not. not.
1: I would consider myself a continuationist, and I'm not on board with that. Okay. I think that God can maybe put it on your heart, so to speak, to go and pray for somebody. But, like, I don't think it's, like, that God gave you, like, a secret word about some secret that person's been harboring for years and they haven't told anybody about. I'm not on board with right. that. But well, I think let's, God let's can basically, a, for whatever reason, want you to go and pray for somebody.
0: Let's take it up a step and talk about the people who prophesied that Trump would win in 2020.
1: Those are the same people that prophesied that he would win in uh, – well, yeah. My bad. <laughs> the same people Stay that prophesied you, that he would win Stay in 2016 and the same people that said he would do so in 2020. Right. Oh, my gosh. Would you –
0: so whether through man's intervention or divine intention, right, not even talking about election controversies, Trump did not – is not president currently. He is not the resident of the White House or the recognized president of the United States. (laughs) Those people who prophesied that would say, got it wrong. Bummer, man. I – Darn, I must have misheard. There's no category for that in scripture. The category mm-hmm. is you're a false prophet. You spoke yeah, that's, a false yeah. word. Um, and so, you know, there's false prophet or true prophet. False prophecy or true prophecy. Um, when we're speaking of the prophetic gifts in that manner, right? In the manner of Old Testament and New Testament prophets. The ones that we can see making actual foretellings of the future, right? Of the future or of that sort of thing. They say, I have heard from God and God says this. If you get that wrong, you're a false prophet.
2: Yes. Correct. Scripture is very clear on that. I would agree. As would any Christian.
0: They would not. (laughs) (laughs) They would not. That Uh. is... um, Yeah. So... To me, that's not a secondary issue. That's uh, that's second, second or third commandment stuff, right? For Lutherans and Catholics, and that it's the second commandment. D- you know, do not take the Lord's name in vain. You don't speak falsely with God's name.
1: Actually, no, yeah, man, that's that's actually a good point.
0: So, really and point. for and it's a side note, but performed, for it's a third, it's a third commandment because they they di- they um uh divide the commandments up slightly differently. But that's beside that. that, That's beside the point, right? That's that's a that's a second or third commandment. That's a commandment violation. That's one of God's right. God says this. This does not happen. This is false. Oh darn! Well, I'm just practicing. I'll get better. Okay, that becomes what I would say a primary issue, or that might be a secondary issue approaching a primary issue. If That makes sense. So that's why false prophecies a big deal, man. I I think so. Um, Yeah that is how the modern charismatic gets out of these false these accusations of being a false prophet is they say and you know that sounds like i'm ascribing really shady motives to them it might not be you know ill intentioned um but that is what they would say i think i've i know i've heard the guys on remnant radio say that um and they're fairly they're fairly cautious reasonable um Charismatics or continuationists, um, but that was an example I thought of where um, that is that is someone saying God says X, and in reality God said Y, right? Um, so that becomes I think a much bigger issue than a second com- or secondary issue. Um, so not to go back in the list, but you know, not all issues are secondary. Some secondary issues are maybe more important than others, um, so yeah, it depends on your circumstance. Unfortunately,
1: but like being a a heretic is definitely a primary issue.
0: <laughs> well, would you and say that a that false prophet puts to you in heresy? heresy?
1: Being a false prophet yeah. would put you in the heresy, man. And that's not one of those whole like, well, somebody's heresy is you're so not. That's not well. That's not the whole like everybody's somebody else's heresy. Like kind of like. Crap. Like that's like a straight up like biblical like heretic. A false prophet is a biblical heretic.
0: Yeah. I think so, right? That's that's that maybe is more of a muddy definition if we're solely focused on Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed. But I mean the Ten Commandments are a big deal. They're still they're still useful and and in play, right? Um so anyways, not to derail, but uh I think the last last Question on this checklist is Are you potentially elevating your judgment above the actual level of your responsibility? Are you potentially, and this is to while you're thinking about leaving a church or not submitting to the elders, uh, it's a question to ask yourself Are you potentially elevating your judgment above the actual level of your responsibility? Um, I've read this over multiple times and I've thought about it a lot, so I might, and I might not be interpreting it correctly. Um,
2: what it seems to be saying
0: is that we should trust our leaders in a sense and not judge them since we don't have the level of responsibility they have I don't know if that's what the questioner intended that's kind of the best paraphrase I could come up with I was trying to Wrap my head around it to make sure I had the correct interpretation. I don't know if I do, um, but it seems to be saying, um, you know, are we holding ourselves, our opinions higher than we should be? I think. Does that make sense?
1: Kind of, man. It, it sounds like yeah. it's one of those
2: questions that has the answer in the question. Oh, um, do you think it's
0: uh, rhetorical?
2: Yeah, it sounds rhetorical. It sounds like it's saying that you shouldn't leave because you do not want to. Um, hmm. I lost it.
0: I mean, I tried to. I'm I'm trying to make sure that I'm interpreting it right. I might be misunderstanding. So I don't. I don't feel like this is a super helpful question on this checklist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, because we are supposed to judge with righteous judgment right the scripture that says don't don't judge is not saying don't judge it's saying don't be a hypocrite um right. we are supposed to examine the scriptures right to determine the accuracy of things we're being taught people did that with the apostle paul um so if an elder board or the pastors or whatever the you know whatever the church governance model you have or the leadership model you have if they start teaching something you believe is incorrect then I would say you do have a responsibility to question them and to study the scriptures for yourself. And, you know, this, this, this question, I think is a microcosm of the entire list, right? You to leave a church to be able to say, I can't really follow these elders anymore, these pastors anymore. That's a weighty thing, you know, so it shouldn't be entered into lightly. Um, You should take your time and pray and study and talk and that sort of thing.
1: So, I mean, like earlier I took like, a pretty hard take on whether or not um, pastors deserve charity when they've abandoned their flock. And like, I kind of like, I want to like, kind of like stand firm in that because that's a remarkably, incredibly serious, and important role you have said yes to when you basically say yes to the office of pastor elder. Um, at the same time, I do believe that a lot of pastors Deserve more grace and understanding from their church than they usually get, and pastors tend to take a lot of unnecessary flack for things they shouldn't. Um, they shouldn't, and so, like, when you talk about the idea, like, talking about the question about whether or not you're elevating your judgment above the level of your Mm -hmm. responsibility, um, well, I do believe that pastors deserve a lot of uh, charity in being a pastor. They do deserve a lot of mercy and grace from their people for being a pastor because they basically said, yes, I will teach these people properly. Yes, I will shepherd these people properly. And with that comes in a kind of like an unthinkable responsibility that people can't really understand until they've been there. Um, yeah. But I mean, a, a member of a local body has a responsibility to be, be a student of the word of God. And so if you think that your pastor is doing something that goes against the word, the word of God, you have a responsibility to say something and you can do so in, in grace. You can go and approach your pastor like respectfully and gracefully and ask questions like pastors like it when people respectfully ask them questions about what they spent tens of like 20, 30, 40 hours a week preparing to give to their church on Sunday. They like when you ask questions. And so like as a, as a Christian, as a member of a church, like you, you have a responsibility to like, to be digging into the, the word. And if you think mm-hmm. something is, might be wrong, then you, you need to say something for the good of your pastor, for the good of yourself and for the good of the people who are part of that car com- their congregation mm-hmm. uh, with you. I mean, it's just, that's yeah. something that should happen, right? Because pastors should be able to, should have it, be able to have expectations for the people they are shepherding and you should be able to have expectations for your pastors. And if there's one of those is not being met, then there's an obligation to to say something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good, that's a really good word. Um, we should be praying for our pastors. We should be encouraging them, you know. Um, this list, I think some helpful, some not, this presupposes that you're engaged and, you know, actively thinking about the word of God and um, correct teaching and paying attention and, you know, being a part of uh, an actual part of the body. So, you know, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be a decision that you take lightly um, no. to, to leave. Right. Um, so, Yep.
2: Honestly,
1: man, like I just kind of think it's cool that people are asking us these questions. <laughs> yeah, like I think that's kind of that's kind of awesome, man. Because I mean, you and I are just everyday regular people, man, and we don't have yep. massive platforms. We don't have a lot of money, a lot of toys, or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, we just said we enjoy doing this. We want to put this out there. We did, and people are interacting with it. And I just kind of think that's That's cool. Yeah. And like we do, there's a little bit of responsibility that comes with that, man, but I just kind of think it's
0: awesome. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I know we've talked about this before. Our heart behind this is not to set ourselves up as experts, right. Or set ourselves up as theologians or apologists or whatever. Um, We genuinely like talking to each other or talking to other people. Um, You know, we are, if you watch our channel trailer, we kind of highlight some of the, not, not, and on purpose, but some of the main differences between us, right? We're very different people. We live in different areas. We have different types of jobs. We have different, we go to different types of churches. We really enjoy this type of thing. We're good friends in spite of those differences and, be, and maybe even because of those, some of those differences. Um, and, you know, I think it's pretty cool that our audience is interested in interacting in this way. Um, and hopefully the uh, um, rest of their guests and other content that we're doing is is as engaging